Trent Barreto looks like Scott Stapp. He looks like a younger Scott Stapp. He looks like he's about to go in the ring and be like, with arms wide open. Okay, guys, here we go again. Here we go again, talking about good old pro wrestling. Welcome to another edition of Hot Tags and Headbanging. And as you can see, I'm just very low energy right now. Why? Uh, for all, multiple reasons. Though not one of them, including the fact that WrestleMania has been... This build has been awful. And, like, literally, I know that in the past years, especially the past three or four years... We have always said that, oh, this year, man, the, the WrestleMania build just keeps getting more boring and boring. Well, guys, this year is no exception at all. This is literally the worst WrestleMania build I have seen ever, ever. There's barely any effort going into this at all. Now, I will talk about Raw uh, later on in the show. Because um, it looked like they were finally actually putting in effort, but it failed miserably. And the storylines right now from WrestleMania, and I have to start with WrestleMania here because it's coming in like two weeks, right? Something like that. Well, th this week, well, yeah, no, it's net. Wait, it's next weekend, I think, right? I don't know. I'm losing track of time, guys. But I can't believe that we are this close to WrestleMania, and I am this apathetic towards what's going on. I am this disenfranchised at this point. Even in years past, recently, when we get to this point in the year and WrestleMania is about a week or so away, I'm like, okay, I like this. This is cool. Guys, there's almost nothing. There's almost nothing on this WrestleMania card that I am looking at and going, yeah, this is, this is like top-notch stuff. I'll continue on with that, though. But I have to talk about, this is actually fresh out the box as I'm recording this. And this is going to come out uh, after SmackDown. I'm not talking about SmackDown. You know, I just don't care about SmackDown. I don't really, wrestling lately has just been very flat overall. And it, I'm having a hard time trying to act like I'm excited for anything. There's a couple little things here and there. But there is one thing I am excited for. And that I am legitimately intrigued by and, and legitimately shocked by. We've had a couple of shockers lately. Obviously, Paul White going to AEW, pretty big shock. I, I just, I always saw him as being a WWE guy. Never thought he'd go to AEW, but there he is. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. Christian, kind of saw that coming. You know, he's gone to TNA before, so I figured he'd be more open to, you know. But then I see on WWE Network's Twitter page, they announced, and I thought it was fake at first because, and I had to check too, because I was checking it uh, today. I'm recording this on April 2nd, and the day before this was April Fool's. So April Fool's Day, I don't trust anything online. I just kind of go, okay, whatever. Uh, I did not pull any April Fool's shenanigans this year. So anything I put out there on social media, I was being legit, and I'm not taking back <clears throat> any of those statements because I just didn't have the energy this year to come up with any ha-ha funny moment. Um, I'd probably, if anything, I was going to do something on Facebook political, but I won't mention that here. 
and I didn't do it anyway. So, but WWE Network's Twitter announced Chris Jericho is going to be on the newest edition of the Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Um, I thought it was fake at first, as I mentioned. I had to check to see when it was tweeted. And it was tweeted the day I'm recording this, April 2nd. Uh, and when I had seen it, it was 15 minutes ago. <clears throat> and I sat in about 15 seconds of surprise. And I was just like, whoa, bombshell. And some people might not think that's much of a bombshell, but it really is. Because Chris Jericho going over to AEW, I mean, look, when that happened, Chris Jericho was taken out of the opening video packages to start Raw and SmackDown off. He, he was plucked from a lot of different things. Uh, yes, of course, they kept him on the network and old stuff. I mean, Chris Benoit is even still on the network, technically. Um, if you go back and watch old shows, he's still there. It's not like they edit out his segments. It's just... They're not going to promote him, you know, obviously. And we've had that discussion on this show before, about a year ago. Uh, but I was legitimately shocked because usually when someone goes to some other company to work, you know, they don't get any mention whatsoever. That's it. You're out of WWE. And rightfully so, they don't get a, a mention at all. There is no, nothing to say about the person. They're working for some other company, competition. So... We're not even going to associate with them. It's not a, a petty thing. It's business at the end of the day. You're not going to promote somebody that is now going and making money for some other you know, competition. And I just really, I don't know too much about the story because this is a very, this story is very fresh in my head right now. So I really don't know the backstory behind this. I did hear that Stone Cold had, was in messaging with Vince saying, hey, I want to have Chris Jericho, you know, on the show. Would it be okay? And Vince seemed, you know, okay, go for it. It's all good. And that's the part of the story that really gets me. That's the part of this whole ordeal that has my mind reeling. Because sure, okay, so Chris Jericho, he's going to be on the Stone Cold uh, Broken Skull Sessions, which by the way, if he was on the Stone Cold podcast, I wouldn't I wouldn't shake my head at it. I'd be like, oh yeah, sure. Because that's more of Stone Cold's thing. Stone Cold owns that more. The Broken Skull Sessions is actually more of a of like a um it's more of a WWE Network exclusive deal. And of course now, WWE Network is on Peacock exclusively. The former WWE Network as we knew it in the United States is gone. Now, if you're overseas, it's cool. But, and because, uh, and I, I remembered that because I was still watching some things on the network itself. But now I have this WWE app. And if I try to go on the WWE app and go on the network, nope, it's not going to work. Probably not. I haven't tried it yet. Maybe I should try it right now, live on the podcast. No. But it's going to be interesting because obviously, first of all, I think this is going to be a huge draw to in terms of the wrestling fans are going to want to hear what Chris Jericho has to say. They're going to want to go to Peacock now and watch this thing. 
Um, I'm no longer going to call it the WWE Network. Now I'm going to call it Peacock because it is. It's on Peacock. Um, so I think it's going to garnish a lot of interest. And I think it's definitely going to be one of the most watched uh, Broken Skull sessions in quite a while. And it's going to be different because Randy Orton was on there and his Broken Skull session was fantastic, actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I, I, I just keep thinking through my head, what's going to be on the show? What's going to be of discussion? Because I feel like going back and just rehashing Chris Jericho's career in WWE just isn't like we've heard his story many times with Randy Orton. It was different. Randy Orton's not a guy that really sits down and does interviews a lot and talks about his career. Not a whole hell of a lot. Jericho is that guy. He's written books about his career. He's very open about the the trials, the tribulations, the stories of his career. And now he's going to go on the Broken Skull Sessions. And I have a hard time believing that he's going to just avoid talking about AEW. He's got to talk about it. What else are you going to talk about? If you just go back and talk about old WWE stuff, then that's going to be boring to me. He could talk a little bit about Fozzie and some of their success as of late, and that'd be cool. In fact, I would love it if Chris Jericho would talk more about Fozzie, because that's one thing that you don't get a lot of. It's yes, in his books, he talks about shows he's done with Fozzie. He talks about uh, how certain songs were put on an album, blah, blah, blah. See, that's the thing. With with Fozzie, I feel like we really haven't gotten that in-depth look at the, the songwriting process for Fozzie. And me as a, as a music fan, I really would like to hear the, the deep stories behind some of these songs. In fact, if they spent a lot of time talking about that on this podcast, I'd be great. I'd be happy. I'd be tickled pink, but that's probably not going to happen. It's going to be mostly wrestling. And at that point, you got to talk about AEW. Big stuff going on with Chris Jericho. You got to talk about it. You got to ask Chris Jericho, what was the straw that broke the camel's back? And I understand Chris Jericho in many interviews, he has talked about it. He talked about it on Busted Open and other shows. I mean, everyone was asking about it. And he even addressed it on Talk as Jericho. But he always gives the diplomatic answer. He always gives the answer, well, you know, I just, I had accomplished everything I wanted in WWE. and now, But you know, there were other things that went into that. You know that there had to be some kind of frustration involved. And with now, with the time, you would think he'd be a little bit more open about it. But obviously, Broken Skull Sessions is a WWE property in some essence. So I don't think this isn't going to be WWE shitting on or uh, Jericho shitting on WWE. That's not what this is going to be. Um, I just you got to talk about it. It's a big elephant in the room. There's no way they can uh, ignore it, so to speak. But, you know, the thing that really gets me, and I and I was talking about this earlier and I got off track, the fact that Vince is letting this happen, it, it, it says a lot of different things, and there's a lot of different branches of thought that happen in my head, in the tree of my head. Um... First of all, it's possible that Vince is letting this happen because, well, hey, it's going to be some kind of publicity. It's going to get a lot of looks because people 
want to hear what Chris Jericho has to say now that he is a part of another company, but he's going to be on the WWE Network, the Peacock. So that's one area of thought that I go to. The next thought that I have is that maybe Vince McMahon just doesn't care anymore. Maybe Vince is just like, you know what? Let's just do it. I don't care anymore. Because it's funny. Lately, Vince has been selling off a lot of his assets. He, He sold the XFL. He sold now the WWE Network to Peacock. Now, he still owns the content, technically, I believe. And if I'm mistaken, let me know. But when it comes to the the, the behind-the-scenes stuff, NBC is now dealing with a lot of that. They are now, it's all in their hands. And we'll talk about what they're doing on Peacock in a little bit. But Vince McMahon seems to be offloading quite a bit of responsibility. We hear all these stories about how he's not backstage at Raw as much. He's not backstage at SmackDown as much. You know, he's taking a little bit more time off. And it just shows me that, look, that's not really necessarily that I I think he doesn't care. But he's definitely thinking, it seems, that he's thinking about, okay, I'm going to let this go now. And I have a hard time believing that he's just going to hand it over to Triple H and Stephanie. I I think he's going to sell the company eventually. I think WWE will be sold to somebody as a company. Who's going to invest in it? I don't know. And what will happen when that happens, when it is bought? A lot of people just assume that Triple H and Stephanie are just going to take over. But the problem is when you're making that transfer in ownership, the new owner, depending on what kind of contract they sign between each other, it's not just going to be, oh yeah, we're going to take them. They might not want, they may not want Triple H and Stephanie in those positions. And honestly, I wouldn't. I think there's got to be more non-wrestling personnel backstage working on these shows versus wrestling personnel. It needs to become more of a TV show. I don't think you, I don't think they need to take away the wrestling part completely. The wrestling part still needs to be part of it. But look at something like Lucha Underground, for example. Not that Lucha Underground was that great, but it was more about the principle behind it, the idea behind it. You have matches, but then you, everything else is very cinematic. And that's that's really where I want wrestling to go. I think that's wrestling's only shot of ever having a renaissance because people always talk about, there's going to be a wrestling boom. There's going to be a wrestling boom. Guys, there's not going to be a wrestling boom. The way wrestling is going now, it, we're not even close. Oh, but there's so many different products out there. There's so many different shows. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. Pretty much the same amount of people are watching wrestling, if not less. Wrestling is not growing in terms of audience. It's all the same. It's all the same losers. Let's put it that way. We're all losers. I I said on Twitter uh, recently, I just... Uh, I don't know why I watch wrestling anymore. I, I really don't. Wrestling has been something in the past couple of years that I've I've come back to, and then I'll stop watching for a while, and then I'll come back to it. And I just find myself, every time I come back to it, I just find myself in, in more of a disappointed state of, this is never going to get better, is it? And I, it's like it's like that friend. We all have that friend or that person in our lives that we wish would just get their shit together or get away from this bad situation or, you know, get away from that, uh, abusive boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you want to call it. And 
it gets to the point where you're just like, wow, you're really, you're really not going to get any better, are you? You're really never going to get out of this. And you always have that hope in your head, in your heart of they're going to get away from it. They're finally going to break through and it never happens. And you just, you're wondering constantly, man, I'm really starting to think this isn't ever going to happen. And that's how I feel with wrestling. I feel like we're waiting for something that's just not going to happen. We're wa- we're optimistically waiting for this boom in wrestling and the, this huge increase. And I, and I, I just don't think it's going to happen at this point. But, and I think Vince might see it that way. Vince might just be like, uh, you know, there is a third track. There has been uh, some people that say that AEW could perhaps be a, an inside job by WWE, which that's, I think it's a little out there, but this would definitely add credence to that theory. Uh, I'll give him that. Um, and perhaps maybe Vince is open to cross-promotion. I don't think it's going to do anything for them. It's not, once again, you're, okay, you have a cross-promotion, but AEW, as much as I give them credit, like, they haven't brought anyone new into wrestling. I, I, they brought maybe a few, but it's not like, it's not like people are, oh my God, we got to watch this AEW thing. The ratings this past week were just, eh. In fact, they're staying stagnant. It's going to be interesting when NXT goes to Tuesdays because that is official now. It's going to be interesting because that's going to be the true test because NXT and AEW, if they don't get a good number, then there's going to be trouble. Um, I would like to think AEW will get above a million. NXT could too. Um, I just, now that fans are not going to have to choose in between the two, it's going to make things kind of weird. Um, it's going <coughs> to, excuse me, nose getting stuffed up again. My nose was fine before I was recording this. Now all of a sudden, um, maybe I'm allergic to talking about wrestling. Anyway, um, now that the shows are separate on separate nights, it's going to be interesting to see what those numbers are. But, but regardless, Chris Jericho going on this, uh, Broken Skull session is it's something I never thought was going to happen. It's something I thought I didn't think it was possible right now. I, I especially with Vince, I, I just this is very uncharacteristic of Vince to do letting this happen. Um, but I think it's really cool that it is happening and it's happening Sunday right after WrestleMania, I believe, on Peacock. It'll be cool and I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if I'm going to watch it while it's happening because I have to work the next day. Uh, but I'm, this is, this is going to be a, a big deal in wrestling world. Um, it'd be cool. You know, and, uh, Jericho, obviously I think it's very likely that Jericho will talk about AEW because he is part of AEW and, and Stone Cold will become part of the conversation and he'll probably say stuff like, well, Chris, I gotta tell you, I was watching AEW and I hated it so much, I drank one beer. And Chris Jericho, what? Two beers? What? No, I'm just kidding. But I'm sure Stone Cold will give his thoughts and will be open about, oh, well, you guys do this and blah, 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 blah. I think that's something to look forward to. Now, speaking of someone who is the opposite and won't 
couldn't even be bothered to mention AEW by name. John Cena was on, I believe, I don't know what show it's called, NBA on TNT. Um, they have like a an analysis show, just like any sport does. And of course, Shaquille O'Neal is on this show on TNT. He does basketball commentating, no shit. And uh, they had John Cena on there. John Cena is going to be in the new the Suicide Squad movie. Looking forward to it, actually. I did not like the first Suicide Squad movie. I thought it was just very poorly put together. Um, but this new one kind of could breathe in some new life, hopefully. DC kind of has a chance of some kind of resurgence. Because everyone's talking about the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And they say it's brilliant, which... I find hard to believe. I thought the original just, oh my gosh, guys, Justice League was terrible. Awful. Uh, but they say the Snyder Cut is just like, woo, this whole new monster. So I have to check this out. And it's like four hours long, which is just, uh, shouldn't have to be four hours long, but whatever. Um, they should have, you know what it should have been? Instead of being released as a movie, should have been released as like a, four-part miniseries type thing. The Snyder Cut miniseries. That's what it should have been. Uh, anyway, John Cena was on the show, and Shaquille O'Neal took some time and said, John, I want to talk to you because I first recently had my first wrestling match. Did you see it? I want to know what you thought of it. Now, a normal answer would be, oh, yeah, I thought it was really good. You know, yeah, you look good out there. But Cena... We all know Cena is a WWE guy and will be for life. I could never imagine John Cena wrestling for anyone else other than WWE. And if anyone had their doubts, this just proved it because he, boy, did he dance around this question. He danced around that answer. And he said, well, let me answer your question with another question. Or I should actually, <clears throat> I should do my John Cena impression. Well, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, well, I want to ask you a question to you as an answer to your question. Uh, John Cena. And, well, what did you think of your match? How did you feel? I'm John Cena. How did you feel? And Shaquille O'Neal, they showed footage of the match, him getting put through the table. And <laughs> you could tell Cena was so, he was so uncomfortable in this situation because he's sitting there just as they're showing the footage of AEW and Shaquille O'Neal's talking over it and Shaquille O'Neal's trying to get something out of John, like just mention something about the match. And, and John's just like, uh, uh, well guys, enjoy suicide squad. <laughs> John Cena just won't, he couldn't even mention AEW by name. He couldn't even say something like, oh, well, you know, he might not have seen the match legitimately. I wouldn't be surprised if Cena didn't see the match, but at least say like, well, I hope you had a good time. You know, AEW looks like they're having fun with you. Like he couldn't even say that. He had to go, well, um, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Honestly, I think Cena could have said something and Vince wouldn't have even thought about it. You think Vince gives a shit what's happening on NBA, uh, on TNT shows? Come on. He doesn't. Guy, the guy lives in his own bubble. He does. He has no idea what's going on in a lot of sports these days. I thought that was a hilarious moment, guys. It's just like John, John Cena. I can't talk about AEW. Can't talk about it. 
I couldn't give Nikki Bella kids, so that's why she broke up with me, or I broke up. Did he split with her? I think I don't know. That was a weird thing. Going back to Peacock, obviously, Peacock and NBC. It's a big, big network, big entity, and of course, in today's typical mainstream fashion. Things are getting canceled. Things are getting censored because they're offensive or it's problematic and it triggers people. I, you know, me and my buddies were out having a few drinks last night. We were at a Buffalo Wild Wings and we were talking about how society's just become a bunch of pussies and just this SJW crap. And it's now going to be a part of WWE in some way. Because WWE is being reported that uh, Peacock is sifting through. They're kind of they have a little assembly line of of all the WWE content, and they're giving it uh, a woke filter, so to speak. It's going through a woke scanner. Let's look at it this way. Let's look at it like airport security. Peacock is standing there. They're the airport security guy. There's Peacock. There's NBC, and then we have a conveyor belt takes all of WWE's content through a little scanner, a little bin where it's like, okay, it's going to go through and see if it's woke enough. Is it, is it not up to standards of today's offensive, whatever you want to call it? Is it too, is it deemed offensive now? And they're just looking at stuff. Oh, that's offensive. Throw that out. That's offensive. Well, I'm telling you what guys, if, 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 if it's going to be as, uh, uh, staunch, if it's going to be as, as meticulous as a lot of other processes of the, of the same sort are the attitude era, you might as well not even go watch the attitude era on Peacock when it's all uploaded and sent and done, because I guarantee you half of the attitude era is going to be just gone. The segment where I, I, I literally, when I was putting together this show, I was really thinking to myself, I'm going to sit here and I want, I wanted to make a list of all the things that I thought were going to be cut from the network. And I, I mean, I, I didn't get the time to, but I could just write, I mean, the, the segment where DX mooned the camera, Merry Christmas, that probably would be cut out or at least blurred. Uh, oh my, I mean, look at Chris Jericho's interactions with uh, Stephanie McMahon, when he would call her a hoe all the time and stuff, Whoa, that's out, that's out the window. Sable, a lot of Sable stuff where she was, you know, they sexualized her up. Well, that's probably going to be out. Uh, and people don't realize by the way that, you know, Sable was actually a strong female figure in wrestling back in the day. One of the most popular uh, portions of the show. And don't mind me while I'm bringing up my Twitter. Cause I tweeted this out. I have to mention this because WWE recently or somebody came out. Yeah. Uh, a bleacher. Oh wait, WWE. Is this a WWE list or a bleacher report? I'm not sure. Either way, there was a list of the top five greatest or the top 50 WWE greatest women, the top 50. And here's the top five that they put out. Number five, Oscar. I don't think so, but whatever. China, number four. Okay, yeah, agreed. Becky Lynch, number three.
Do I need to say anything about that one? Number two, Charlotte Flair. Now, storyline-wise, kayfabe-wise, this makes sense. Okay. I'm okay with it. It makes sense. Number one was Trish Stratus. Cool. I don't care. Trish Stratus was great. I'd like to know where Lita was on this list. I'd also like to know where the hell Sable was on this list. Sable. Do you realize, I understand that she may not have had all these titles and <clears throat> accolades, but do you realize how big of a deal Sable was? And I wasn't watching back then, but I look back in the annals of history and you can tell Sable was a big deal back then. Sable was very popular. And I don't care if she was popular just because of her looks. It doesn't matter. She was a trailblazer at her point. China should have been above Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch hasn't done shit. Becky Lynch hasn't trailblazed anything. She's, I mean, yeah, oh, she's one of the, now she's one of the most popular WWE superstars. Yeah, she's the most popular WWE superstar in a smaller audience. She's, a, she's the big fish in a small pond. She's not transcending wrestling at all. She's not doing anything for it. In fact, she's making people change the damn channel. I don't want her to come back. Like, you know what, Seth? Seth, have as much sex with Becky as you want. Don't wear a condom, please. Get her pregnant again. Um, But just, where the hell was Sable on that list? I just had to put that out there. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. <sighs> that frustrated me when I saw that. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <sighs> I mean, where was Lita in the top five? Come on, Lita, dude. I mean, anyway. Um, but, I mean, Sable stuff, that'll get cut out. Uh, hell, uh, Triple H and the Katie Vick thing, pff, that'll be out. That'll definitely be out. Uh, the hand thing might be out. I mean, so there, I mean, uh, there was a well, gold dust. Uh, wasn't he gay at one point or like transgender? Like, I don't know. Like something like that. That'll be taken out. Santina Morella. Oh yeah. Santina. Remember Santina Morella and the women's. Oh, that'll be taken out because that's offensive to trans people. That's transphobic guys. You know what they should take out? How about, you know what's offensive to me? Natalia's farting gimmick. How about you take that out of there? Because that was offensive as hell. Not that I'm like hurt feelings. It was so stupid it was offensive. Hell, you could say that about this Braun Strowman, Shane McMahon thing. Although I, like I said, I'm kind of coming around to that storyline. It's starting to be funny for me. Just because it is so stupid. But... There's a lot of things that are going to get... Oh, uh, the segment where... Remember when John Cena and Jerry Lawler... I th believe it was those two. They were ganging up on Vicky Guerrero and, and doing fat jokes. Remember that one? Remember that segment? That happened pretty recently. That was that was less than 10 years ago, I believe. That'll get taken out. Uh, remember the Rocks segment where he sang the... Um, when he sang that song to Vicky Guerrero... And I said, Biatch, you look horrible tonight. You know, she's uh, uh, she's dressed like a hooker and not the expensive kind. You know, that'll get, that could get cut out because, oh, you're demeaning a woman. 
any anything fat shaming, you thong wearing fatty. Remember, remember uh, the Rock was doing that promo where he was mocking everybody, and he said, uh, "I did it for the Rock. I did it." Oh, shut up, you thong wearing fatty. Well, he said fatty, fat shaming. Guys, the list could go on and on and on of things that I think could be cut out of the network. You know? And I know Vince wants to keep it, probably. He probably thinks that shit's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. But at the end of the day, Peacock probably doesn't. (sighs) Raw. Oh, Raw. (laughs) You know, this... It's bad enough that this WrestleMania build has been awful. Hey, guys... This WrestleMania, it's going to suck. Will there be a couple good matches? Sure, there will be. Trust me, they'll put they'll put a good, a decent show on. There's no doubt about it. It's just, the build matters. You, yes, will, uh, what, Seth Rollins and Cesaro are f- fighting? And everyone's like, oh, it's going to be such a good match. Yeah, but look at the build. It's been boring. Why am I supposed to care about the match? Sure, they'll put on a nice little, you know, false fin. You know, Seth will flip around and it'll be a, you know, a technical wrestling match with flips and dives and false finishes. I'll talk about an actually good technical wrestling match in a bit. Um, but, okay, they put on a cool match, but is it going to be memorable? Probably not because the story's been shit. The stories for these matches have been terrible. I mean, even Roman and Edge. I mean, that's been ruined, and I'll get to that in a bit. Um, Drew and, and Bobby Lashley. <clears throat> what, what's the story? I, I've been saying for a while. I, I think that they literally put the, 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 the title on Bobby Lashley for the sole purpose of... We need an obstacle for Drew McIntyre to overcome. And that's it. I think that's what this is. I think this is all a thing for Drew McIntyre to eventually get the title back. I don't know if he's going to win it back at WrestleMania, but it's to put Drew McIntyre in a position to where he has something to overcome. Because before this, he didn't really have anything to overcome. They were struggling to find... You know, okay, we got to put him in a position where he has something to to beat. And that wasn't happening. So what do you do? Put on the almighty Bobby Lashley. And then they broke up the Hurt Business. Why? That's one of the best things you had. And that wasn't even that good. Jeez. Like, I'm going to say this. I was going to say this later, but I'm just going to say it now. WWE right now, their storylines are so boring, so boring and so just uneventful and, and so void of life that they're making AEW look like they're fucking WC, early WCW. Like, come on. And look, I'm going to give AEW credit later in the show. I thought they had a fine show. Things are looking up. Look, are, am I going to sit here and say, oh my God, it's so good. No, it still needs work. But that's how bad WWE is, is I'm looking at AEW in comparison and going, oh, well, that's not too bad. Like, that's how bad this is. 
Dude, AEW storylines right now that they have going on right now are better than WWE's WrestleMania storylines. Biggest show of the year. And I'm enjoying AEW storylines more. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. Do better, guys. I, I just don't understand this. You guys, like, you're telling me you can't come up with anything better than what you're putting out there. This bland Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, I, I swear to God, all they're going to do every week is slap each other. One, they'll get in each other's face, slap, walk away. Next week, it'll be flipped. The other person will slap the other one. Oh, walk away. It, it just, it, th there's no angle to it whatsoever. On Raw, Raw might, a lot of people thought this past week's Raw was one of the worst ever. And it really was. It was bad. It was, it was a, it was a god awful show. But the problem is they tried. You could see they actually started to try. There was effort put in and it was a very Vince McMahon type show. Let's put it that way. More segments, less wrestling. Uh, all of the segments. Oh my God. Guys, that New Day segment with the uh, got, Know Your Friend, whatever game. That, guys, that might be an all-time worst segment in WWE history. I'm sitting there watching them. Oh, do you know what his favorite food is? Do you know who... <laughs> do, you know, do you know who his favorite actor is? Who? <laughs> who? I just... I feel like I lost IQ points. If there's one thing I hate the most in life, I hate having my intelligence insulted. I'm not stupid. Some of these WWE fans out there might be stupid. Wrestling fans in general. But I'm not. Am I supposed to laugh at this? The the uh, music video with John Morrison and Miz, was I supposed to be sitting there going, <laughs> No, I sat there watching it and I just was like, and I chuckled once. I chuckled once when they made that Nickelback reference and I was kind of like, huh. was that supposed to be funny? Is that supposed to make me want to see Bad Bunny and The Miz fight each other? I mean, look, that's the point of a, of a build to a pay-per-view in the first place, right? Like, it's bad enough that this is fake wrestling. So you have to do more to make me want to see two people fake fight. It doesn't take much, you know, if you want to look at UFC and MMA, it doesn't take that much to make you want to see two people fight for real because it's real fighting at the end of the day. You know, there's real like, holy shit. But when you're talking about fake fighting, you got to put a lot more effort into making me want to see two people fake fight. Come on. But no, yeah, they, oh yeah, we're gonna have this tag match. Oh boy, woo. Oh, you don't know your friend that well. Oh, what a great feud. The only thing I liked about that segment, though, was that Almas kind of showing some personality now. Like, I kind of liked that. That was the one part I liked, is that Almas is starting to open up as a personality now. Like, he's not just standing there, you know, I'm big and tough. Like, I like that about him. But it is nice when we get a little bit of personality out of him. I just hope they don't try to turn him into some big show type. Because let's be real. Braun Strowman is the new big show. 
That's what Braun Strowman is. He could be better than that, but whatever. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I just thought of the train noises. <laughs> the train noises when he does the when he goes around the ring and he does the fucking train. Guys, that is literally one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Especially in this Thunderdome era. Oh, God. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Because, obviously, if you're one of his opponents and you're outside the ring, after a while, when you hear that train noise, you're going to be like, oh, wait a minute, he's coming. I better... <laughs> Here comes the train! <laughs> Oh my God, whose idea was that? Please, I need to know who, who thought of that idea. Because first of all, I actually want to shake their hand and go, dude, you, you just thought of the stupidest idea, but it's so funny, I don't even care. I don't even care. Oh my God, the train, the train noises, guys. Are they going to do that at WrestleMania? Oh my, oh my God. What if they, I don't think, like... Because they're going to have fans in the audience um, at WrestleMania. Um, I, I can only imagine what they're going to do. <laughs> but Raw was just... Yeah, Drew McIntyre go backstage and... And, uh, you know, oh, come on, guys! I want you... And all of a sudden, he just... They're, it's like they're trying to do... It's like they're trying to play catch-up with the WrestleMania build. They're trying... Now they're trying to amp it up. It's like, guys, it's too late. It's too too little too late. You can... I mean, literally, we have one more week. I believe we have one more week of build. Yeah. We have one more week of build. SmackDown tonight. Although, when you're seeing this, it won't be tonight. It will have been yesterday. You have SmackDown, but then that's it. You have two more shows. And I guess now SmackDown next week is going to be like almost like a third night of WrestleMania. Do these guys know what oversaturation means? So you're, it's like, I, I don't know, dude. And I, I, I'm just at a, you have one week. That's it. You have one week. You have another week to get us excited. And you better do a lot. Like you got catch up to do. Big time. A lot of ketchup. And then we're not talking about, you know, cats up, as some people call it. You know, the red stuff. The red stuff that was on uh, Papa Buck's face. <laughs> and of course, Daniel Bryan is in the main event on night two with Roman Reigns and Edge. Oh boy. I I'm so happy. Because Edge and Roman just wouldn't... That match just would not have been the same without Daniel Bryan. Really? Why is Daniel Bryan in this? What, is he there to take the fall? Take the pin? I mean, if that's the case, then there are a lot of classic matches out there that would have been ruined. Because, oh, we need someone to take the fall. We can't have one guy take the fall. And then they had to turn Edge heel. They, now Edge is heel again, which he's better as a heel. Don't get me wrong. But come on. This is, they just, this story would have been great with just Edge, 
Roman Reigns. But no, they had to, the Smarks, they want Dan O'Brien. They want, oh no, we need, we need more technical wrestling. And look, don't get me wrong. I like, I like Dan O'Brien as a wrestler. He is amazing in the ring. He is a technician in the ring. One of the best to ever do it in the ring. But that's it. Like, everything else, guys, I'm sorry. He just doesn't, he's not top star. He's not. He is an exception to the rule in some ways where, you know, some people just get over. Some people, no matter their size, uh, Mike's skills, it just they just are likable and they get over. And that's Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is like an exception to the rules in some ways. Um, he had a good catchphrase at that time and, and WrestleMania 30, you know, but, you know, look, and back then I was into it, but you got to realize there were a lot of people back then, even as popular as Daniel Bryan was, there were a lot of people that were not happy about that whole thing. They wanted to see Batista and, and Randy Orton and dude, that could have been a good match, by the way. Batista and Randy Orton, they could have done a, an evolution angle with that. And and I think that's what the plan was, was that let's get these guys in a feud together, have some evolution roots. Because remember, after that was when you had the Shield and Evolution feud, which, oh my gosh, those were great. That was, that match, I think, do they have two matches? I forget. But that was good stuff. That was really good stuff. Um, but... That's what the angle they were going for, probably. Before they thought, eh, fans won't shut up about Daniel Bryan. We got to put Daniel Bryan in there. It's just, uh, I, this is useless. I It made sense back in 2014 when they put him in there. It made sense because he Daniel Bryan was undeniably over. Undeniably over. You couldn't ignore him. But nowadays, I understand we're in the Thunderdome era and the fans are not there. But dude, I'm telling you, even if the fans were, they wouldn't be as into him. When Dan O'Brien came back, I expected this huge pop for him. And there was none. He had a good, decent pop, but the popularity wore off big time. And that told me that, uh, well, the yes movement is done. That whole thing's over with. You know? Don't get me wrong. Daniel Bryan's been doing great work. I thought that the Planets Champion thing, oh my God, that was fantastic. It was great. He was a heel, you know. It was it was somewhat believable that, okay, here's a guy who, you know, he's a little sleazy with winning and everything. And, uh, you know, he's, he, you know, the, the, the Planets Champion, it was perfect. The the hemp belt, I, th- I thought it was good. It was a good character. And Dan O'Brien did a good job with it. Um, I think Dan O'Brien's better on the mic than people give him credit for. But at the end of the day, this he's just being shoved in there. For, for what reason, I don't know. If it's just to take the fall, then that's a lame reason to put him in there. Now, that is a really lame reason. And the other reason I could think of is that he's going to retire after Mania. And that's very possible. You know. But you know... Uh, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be really interesting because right now, um, right now, WrestleMania, because they're going to have fans there and we haven't had live fans in a, in a while. All of the crowd reactions have been 
predetermined. It's all been pre-planned. They're telling people in the Thunderdome when they're watching uh, on their tele on their screen, their computer screen. Okay, here comes Dan O'Brien. We want to see your yes chance. Oh, here comes here comes Roman Reigns. Ooh. You know what I've noticed? They're telling the fans to boo Randy Orton, and I'm like, so Randy Orton's not the face in this whole fiend thing. I mean, he seems like he's the victim in the situation. I'm like, what? Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He's he's forever a baby face for you know for me after letting Alexa Bliss sit on his cock. That was hilarious. You you got to know that he probably secretly enjoyed that. Like, oh shit, I got Alexa Bliss sitting on my dick. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> AW this week. I said last week that oh I, I well I didn't have a show last week actually um last week AEW had a pretty boring show I actually had a very hard time uh, getting into it it, it was just, it just like the Cody Rhodes thing with Penta that kind of got thrown off the and like they had that you know decent match and then they Cody won it was a very short lived feud I feel like they just did that because they didn't know what to do with Cody and Penta at the time. I, and now all of a sudden he's in with this QT Marshall thing. And um, granted, I kind of like where the angle's going now because now QT Marshall has his own faction, I guess. And the the Nightmare family is at odds with each other. Cool. It's just, why is QT Marshall being featured on TV? Why? This guy is as boring as a piece of paper. This guy is like... He looks like Kevin Spacey, but he's incredibly less charismatic than Kevin Spacey. I don't get this. Like, what What the... Whose idea was it to be like, hey, let's put let's put QT Marshall in a feud with Cody Rhodes because he can totally talk. He's a great character, right? I'm just very confused. And I, I'm interested to see, like, okay, are we... Is he going to automatic... Is he going to get better at talking now all of a sudden? I don't know. I like the angle, but the the person of choice to lead this new, uh, um, like, counter faction of the Nightmare family. Why? Like, why not? I don't know. Why not have, uh, I mean, I know they don't want to have Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes versus each other again, but I don't know. Dustin Rhodes would at least make a little bit more sense. Uh, I mean, Scorpio Sky, wasn't Scorpio Sky technically part of the Nightmare family? I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And he just turned heel, so maybe they, you know, I don't know. I also love how Red Velvet is kind of acting like, <laughs> I think it's weird how Red Velvet is acting like she is Brandy Rhodes. That spot where Red Velvet came out and stopped them from stomping Cody, that was probably, that would have been Brandy Rhodes at first. But since Brandy Rhodes is pregnant, it's like, it's like they're, it's almost like Red Velvet is Brandy Rhodes' stunt double. That's what she's doing at this point until Brandy comes back. Um, and after, you know, after her pregnancy and, um, you know, Jade Cargill looking, this woman is this woman is perfect. 
Um, oh my God. I could look at that body for days. Um, uh, she's doing a good job. I loved her promo. Like I said, they let, you know, AEW, one thing I give them credit for is that they actually let people talk like human beings instead of giving them scripts to stick to. Here's the problem I have with that, okay? And obviously, WWE is a big offender of this. The problem with giving a professional wrestler a script that they have to stick to verbatim is that they are not a professional actor. Professional actors are trained so that way, hey, I can read a line of dialogue you give me and give it life. They are trained for that. Professional wrestlers are not. So when you give a professional wrestler a line to read verbatim, it's going to sound like shit. That's how it is. They're not actors. That's why you give wrestlers bullet points. You say, hey, hit on this topic, hit on this topic, you fill in the blanks, you give it your own energy, pull it from inside of you, make it feel natural. That's it. And that works. You can't do... You can't do this whole here. I have this paragraph of dialogue. You need to read it verbatim. Here you go. You can't do that with a wrestler. They're not trained. Some of them are trained actors. Some of them go get acting classes, although that's not enough. You're talking about professional actors that train for years. You can't just give a professional wrestler an acting course for three months and, oh, yeah, they're great actors now. That doesn't work. That's the one thing I love about AEW is that they just they let the wrestlers talk like human beings. And some people think, oh, you're just happy because they swear more. You don't have to swear. You don't have to swear to, to make something feel natural and make you make you own it. You know, come on. Now, granted, swearing does help because that's how human beings talk. You know, I mean, you look at a guy like Conor McGregor over in UFC. I don't know if I could ever hear him say anything clean because it wouldn't, you know, he has to go, oh, you, oh, you fucking busted, you fucking, you know, that, that's kind of part of his thing, but not everybody needs, the way AEW does it, you know, they let each other, they call each other bitches and stuff like that, and they say shit every once in a while, okay, cool, you know, they don't overdo it necessarily, it's all right, but Jade Cargill, fantastic, I also thought the segment with, uh, uh, what's his name is it Matt 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 Buck and Don Callis I thought that was a really good exchange um it felt like something out of it really did feel something like out of a movie and that was nice you know the, the, they're telling the story that you know Kenny Omega he didn't come to AEW because of AEW he came because of family he wanted to be with the Young Bucks and and they're they're making it a personal thing and I like that um I, I'm just very confused though, because they have Moxley in the, dude, guys, I just don't, what are they doing with John Moxley? John Moxley has done, I swear, John Moxley has lost so much stock lately. He has done nothing, nothing. I don't, I don't know where they're going with him. I, I just feel like he has accomplished nothing as a character. Um, he, he, like I, where is he? What, who, like, what is his thing? Is he going for the AEW title now? Or I don't, I don't know what they're doing with him. I am so lost with John Moxley right now. He's cutting good promos. You know, this week's promo was actually pretty good. I really enjoyed it. But 
there's no direction. There's no definitive direction as to what they want him to do and, and who his target is. I mean, he's targeting Kenny Omega, but he doesn't feel like he's very dead set on him. He just kind of, he looks at him and takes shots at him in promos and then does nothing about it. It's so weird. I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting for this, this angle between him and Kenny to get better, but I feel like there's more focus between the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. It's just so confusing and convoluted. Guys, simple it down a little bit. You gotta, like, I understand complex story, and they always talk about long-term booking. And st- Guys, it's not that long-term of booking, okay? It's not that good. Like I said, like I said, AEW, I always felt like doesn't do enough focus on storytelling, but when they do, I do think they do a slightly better job than WWE does. Um, now, granted, when WWE actually tries, they do a fantastic job. And I said that, like I said, the the match with the match at Fastlane with Roman and, and Daniel Bryan, that was a case where I said, this is a case where when WWE actually tries, they can do it better than anyone else. But when they're just kind of like, yeah, then it sucks, you know. I don't. I just don't know what's going. I'm so lost. I don't even know how to talk about it. I don't even know how to talk about Moxley's career as of late, because it's been such a, a sham. I liked the team, the 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 member, or the, um, the the partnership with uh, Eddie Kingston. They actually work well together. They look good together. They they have a good fit. I would like to see them go for like maybe the tag titles. That'd be kind of cool, and maybe that's where this could go. Is if you take the, t- uh, who has the, I don't even know who the tag champions are, AEW. <laughs> I think it's the Young Bucks, is it not? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of double cross. It's just, it's very weird what's going on. I don't understand. It's so convoluted. I don't know. And um, I do have one thing to say that was, I thought was very, very good on AEW Dynamite and that was Christian versus Kazarian and yes this match did not have a very it didn't have much of a story behind it this was Christian's first match in AEW um and I'm not, I'm not really a Kazarian fan I think he's boring uh SCU's boring I think they're lame SCU what does SCU even mean does that mean Southern California University? Uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, they had a good match. And no, it was not what the Smarks want. You know, there were no flips. There weren't that many false finishes. There were no, I don't think they even dove out of the ring. I don't even think they left the ring. This was... A solid, rock solid, technical wrestling match. Now, technical wrestling, is that a draw? No, it's not. It's not a draw at all. This match was not for being a draw. It was not for mainstream fans. And that's okay. Not everything has to be for mainstream fans. It's just I feel like wrestling today doesn't have enough of that on the card. You can have a mix. That was actually something that I thought WCW did very well back in the day. Like, 
early WCW. Like, I'd say maybe 96, 97, although that wasn't early. But when WCW was at its finest, that was the one thing they were good at. They had things that were mainstream friendly, that drew in the mainstream audience. And then they had, you know, like the cruiserweight division, which was for more of the hardcore fans. They had technical wrestling. They had a good mix. And I felt like that's why this match between Christian and Kazarian, I enjoyed it so much. Mainly because I really do I do like technical wrestling. I do. Um, now, granted, am I going to... Let's put it this way. People are like, oh yeah, the technical wrestling, that's real wrestling. No, real wrestling is actually the amateur wrestling that you see like at, in, at the college level, like mat wrestling. That's real wrestling, okay? But when it comes to the technical part of pro wrestling, I do like that, personally. Is it a draw? No. Does it have a place on a wrestling show? Every wrestling show? Yes, absolutely. You know? And I thought they put on a good match, a, a solid match. Um, I really enjoyed what they put together. A lot of, a lot of slow moving, struggling between holds and and all of that. It wasn't like going from one hold to the other where it looks really unrealistic. No, it was slower paced. It actually looked like they were struggling against each other. That's what I really liked about it. I also like how Christian hits his kill switch. One thing I couldn't stand in WWE was every time he'd hit the kill switch, he'd just take them and flip them and and it looks stupid. It doesn't look real. It looks just fake, you know. In the in this match, there was more of a struggle to get to that move, telling a little bit of a story as you go. You know, that, like I said, this was a fine match. Like, this might have, this is one of the best matches Christian's been in. I'd say, I mean, I remember back in uh, 2011, I believe it was, Christian and Orton had a couple of really good matches um, for the World Heavyweight Championship. And, like, those were good matches. Um, these, I think this was the best match he's had since then. Uh, this was fantastic. Now, don't get me wrong. No, this isn't going to bring in new fans, but as a standalone match on the show, it was very good. Um, yeah, it, it was phenomenal. And I have to end off things with the inner circle and pinnacle segment, which really didn't take up much of the show. Um, oh, I, 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 maybe I should mention the arcade anarchy I just didn't care. It was cool, whatever. But I'm just ready for this feud to be over. And, okay, Trent Beretta came back. Yawn. He looks like Scott Stapp. Trent Beretta looks like Scott Stapp. He looks like a younger Scott Stapp. He looks like he's about to go in the ring and be like, With arms wide open! Like, I, I just... And not, and I don't, I don't hate Scott Stapp. I'm a big Creed fan. I love Scott Stapp. I love his music. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. Trent Beretta doesn't do it for me. He's boring. The best friends are boring. Orange Cassidy is the only part of the best friends that I like. I actually enjoy. Although his whole thing's kind of getting old. Uh, it not the not the look and the posture. But the whole spot where he does the kicks and he's like, oh, oh, that's, guys, 
that was funny at first, but after a while, that's going to grow old real quick. So we, we got to switch it up. I do like Orange Cassidy's new music. Uh, Pixies, Where Is Your Mind? Good choice. Really good choice. Um, that's the one thing I'm looking forward to do with AEW is that they look like they're going to be more open to uh, buying the rights for some actual music for these guys. I'm cool with that. Because uh, obviously you have Chris Jericho with Judas, which that was easier because it's Chris Jericho's song, technically. But then you have that song, oh, 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 with Jungle Boy, cool. And now you have the Pixie song. Um, but the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle segment, um, I have a couple questions about it. First of all, how did the Inner Circle get in the bathroom? <laughs> like, how, how, like, let's think about this. Let's tear this apart for a little bit. Let's nitpick. Okay. How does the pinnacle go in there and not ever notice that they were standing in there the whole time? And first of all, how long were they, how long were they in there? They must've been pretty patient and pretty quiet. And were they standing there still the whole time? Like (laughs) nitpicking, but I'm like, "Ah, that kind of didn't make sense. Um, the brawl was cool though. Uh, not as vicious as I'd want it to be, but it's going to set up something. Hopefully we expand upon this point. Um, I think everyone, I think each person from the inner circle and the pinnacle, they're going to have their own mini feuds. Obviously Hager and Warlow will have their own side of the feud. Um, Santa, uh, Santana and Ortiz will feud with, um, FTR. Sean Spears will probably feud with Sammy. Although I see, I'd rather see Sammy against MJF. It's like, cause really the conflict started between those two. So, uh, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love Chris Jericho and MJF's feud that, that could be cool. I, I don't know. I just kind of want more for Sammy Guevara. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little... Uh, I don't know. I'm a little disappointed with that direction. Um, good segment, though, overall. And guys, my favorite part of the segment. Chris Jericho did a nice little callback to a feud he had with Shawn Michaels. If anyone remembers, he had Shawn Michaels on the highlight reel and... Started talking about how Shawn Michaels um, was one of his biggest heroes when he was getting into wrestling. And he asked the question, how does Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest performers in history, become such a lying worm of a human being? And that was the point at which my favorite version of Chris Jericho was born. The smug Chris Jericho coming out in the suits talking very slowly and low and calling the crowd parasites, hypocrites, sycophants. My all-time version, my all-time favorite version of Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho, he started beating down Shawn Michaels and he took Shawn Michaels by the hair and said, the worst is yet to come. And he threw him into the Jerotron. And Jericho in this segment with the pinnacle he did that nice little callback to that segment. 
took MJF by the head. The worst is yet to come. Threw him into the refrigerator glass. I popped. I audibly, I audibly marked out for a second there. Because as a Jericho fan, I love how he did that little callback to one of his best feuds ever. That was really cool. I thought of him with Shawn Michaels and the Jeratron. That was really cool. I really appreciated that. And I'm sure that was cool for him to do too. Because I know that Chris Jericho, from reading his books, he really cherishes that feud that he had with Shawn Michaels. And he sees it as being pretty much almost his best ever. And that and that is my favorite Chris Jericho version. That that uh, The uh, No Country for Old Men inspired version of Chris Jericho. That's my top. Um, I, I have thought of it where I thought, okay, if I were to rank my favorite Chris Jericho versions, my top three, um, look, Chris Jericho early in his career, uh, in WWF and WWE, he was good. I, personally, if I had to give my top three versions, I'd say, that my top three, three, three and two are really close together. Three, I'd have to say, is probably the AEW Chris Jericho. He, I, I've really enjoyed this more stripped down, straightforward, serious Chris Jericho. Um, number two, I'd say, is the list. The lists, I mean, it's so funny. I just, it was so entertaining. Every time he'd come out with that damn, that damn list, and he'd point, and you know what, you're on the list. And and the the feud he had with Kevin Owens was cool. Um, Jericho really has done some of his best work in the last five years. He has been he's been on point these last five years. And then I'd have to say my number one is that that Jericho from about two thousand eight to two thousand ten, somewhere in that range. You know, it was that was great. So. Anyway, guys, that's the end of this week's edition of Hot Tags and Headbanging. Coming a little late this week, and of course last week I didn't have a show, so I want to get back to uh, doing this more often and more regularly. Things have been weird in my schedule. My schedule's flipping up, new job and all of that, so uh, I'll have to figure things out. Um, But thank you guys for watching or listening, whichever one you wanted to do. Uh, Whatever you want, if you didn't want to see my ugly face, you can always go and listen to my beautiful voice. So, got that face for radio. Uh, make sure to hit me up on the social medias, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter and Instagram I've been fairly active on. Um, TikTok, not so much. I'm trying to figure things out there. So, yeah, guys, one more week until WrestleMania, and I'm just kind of like, yay. I'm going to miss the first night at WrestleMania because I'm actually going to a wrestling show. Uh, a good friend of mine is going to be wrestling on the card. So, um, I'm actually going to go support him and uh, go see some live wrestling. Honestly, the first night of WrestleMania doesn't even look good anyway. It looks very boring. So, I don't care that I'm missing it. Um, so, yeah. You guys have a great West, uh, You guys have a great um, weekend and enjoy your Easter if you do celebrate. Other than that, well, have a great weekend. And I will see you guys next week. And as always, you guys stay down.